welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This. I'm Liz. I'm Alec. And I'm Casey. And this is the <laughs> podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. And this week, I will say we're stretching that a little bit, but we are watching Election for Greasy Reese Month. We're um, doing stretches. <laughs> yeah. um, Speaking of stretching out, Greasy Reese Month is what now? Like two and a half months long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, it's I love the Greasy it. Resethon, I should say. Yes. It lasts yes. over multiple whatever. Anyways, this <laughs> is not, I would say this is not a movie that I watched in my childhood. I uh, hope this not. This was probably a movie that I watched in college, but um, it came out when I was a child. And this movie is wonderful, and it's one of my favorites of all time. And if we were going to talk about Reese Witherspoon, I wanted to talk about it. So here we are. Um, it was a tough choice for me because it was between this, Cruel Intentions, and Freeway, which I would say are all three bangers, but this is the one yeah. that wins out for me. Uh, it's just, it's well, it's also a, great a movie. perfect transition into our Matthew Broderick uh, month, which we're following <laughs> this up with immediately. <laughs> What other movies would we do? I don't know. That's Bueller, a good question. Yeah. Names. I've but like, what did I watch? The producers. <laughs> I'm not talking about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Inspector the one Gadget other... from 1999. Hello. Oh, that okay, but <laughs> actually that slaps. Also uh, 1998's Godzilla. Yeah, I never saw I would that. gladly talk about it. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> the one other Reese movie, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, that I would want to just give a shout out to is Pleasantville, though, because I love that movie yeah. so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the mom orgasms and then she turns like her lips are like red, I was like, "What a moment!" Oh, and the tree catches on fire. Ooh, wait, um, does that all like... happen whenever you orgasm? No, I have not committed. Why do you arson. think the wildfires in Canada started? <laughs> <laughs> that's a night. Wait, that no, was that was a that was a bad joke. Um, um, wait, what? The lights went out in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Liz, what are we talking so about? <laughs> Okay, well, we are talking about the movie, the film, Election. Uh, Election is a movie that is based on a novel by Tom Perota. I don't know exactly how to say his last name. I have read the novel. I really enjoyed the novel. Um, also, fun fact, recently, within the last, I would say, recently. five or so. Yeah, recently. Uh, in the last five or so years, uh, Tom wrote a follow-up novel called Tracy Flick Can't Win. Um I did start it, but did not finish it yet. Uh, <laughs> Glowing review. Well, it's a weird vibe because the the book starts with her. I think it's her talking about how. Basically, she was like, "I wasn't traumatized by having a teacher fuck me when I was in high school, and I don't think that should be that big of a deal." Like it was kind of like blowing over it a little bit, and I was like, "I don't know. I feel like." It's pretty fucked up, so I don't. It was just a weird intro to the the book, but two thoughts like, on that. Two thoughts oh, on yeah. that. If you start your story with that, then it probably did traumatize you. Also, yeah, maybe what I'm assuming is a cis straight man shouldn't be writing about a high school girl's trauma involving sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah. I was I gonna mean, say this really feels like people were like. The biggest issue we have with this is that you didn't talk about, like, the fact that she was abused and tried to glaze it over. And he's like, well, in my sequel book, uh, she yeah. has no problem with that. <laughs> See, it was yeah. fine. 
Yeah. Well, and she's like the vice principal of a high school is kind of like the setup. Um, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. So, which is kind of a bummer because I kind of wanted Tracy Flick to win. I mean, I know she's a little bit of a villain in this, but I kind of love her. Uh, do you do you see yourself in Tracy Flick? <laughs> Wait, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> are, you trying to, are you trying to fucking tell me something? Um, I was asking you a genuine question. I mean, I don't think I was ever that... I didn't care about anything that much. like mm, Except Buffy. Yeah, I mean, but that's not like something I'm going to fight for. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, you're making those banners for the website, for the <laughs> message board. <laughs> you were willing to fight in those comments. <laughs> Did you rip down your own banners from the message board? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're still there. They still live there. I looked the other day. Um, <laughs> Isn't it weird to think that, like, teens do have ambitions? Because I just kind of, like, floated through my teen years without a thought in my brain. Yeah. I mean, it, you can definitely tell in the movie they, like, subtly kind of drop hints that the mom is, like, putting a lot of pressure on her daughter. It's not, like, a huge plot point. And the mm-hmm. mom seems supportive. But then there's, like, times where, like, the mom is very critique of, like, what Tracy's doing. Like, yeah. when she when she quote unquote loses the election, the mom's like, well, maybe if you had done the speech better and if you had yeah. done this. It's, it's not like, the time, mom. Sorry. Maybe yeah. we needed to have more posters, which I was like, yeah, that's what it was. People <laughs> didn't know she was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this movie was also directed by Alexander Payne. Um, and he originally wasn't super interested in directing a teen movie specifically is what he said, because MTV approached him with the novel and was like, hey, we think you should do this movie. And he was like, ah, I'm not really that interested in, like, doing a teen movie. And they were like, no, this is, like, a dark comedy that's dressed as a teen movie. Like, it's not yeah. the same. And he had done, before this movie, a movie that I recently saw, and it's called Citizen Ruth. Um, and it has Laura Dern in it, and it is actually really Gay. good. I <laughs> highly recommend watching that movie if you've never seen it, because it's a dark comedy about the uh abortion like wars basically like and it's uh ruth uh who is laura dern is a woman i'm gonna briefly talk about this movie because i just feel like it's so good but she's a woman who is just absolutely ruined her life and is treating herself like garbage she like huff she's addicted to huffing paint and she's like arrested like all the time and so she gets arrested a millionth time and in the process of being arrested, they find out she's pregnant again. This is now her, like, fourth child, but she hasn't take, she's not taking care of any of the other kids. And so the judge, like, takes her aside and is basically like, hey, you should take care of this. And then, and he's like, because, you know, you can't do it yourself. Like, just go, you know, do what you need to do. And so yeah. she's like, I'm going to go get an abortion. But then, like, there is this, like, a religious group that convinces her hey we'll take care of you they like treat her all nice and they're like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have an abortion Mm -hmm. and then these like super intense liberal people are like you should have the abortion and it becomes this whole thing and i mean the movie's basically about how both sides are somewhat wrong because nobody's worried about the woman neither of the sides really are caring about who ruth like Mm -hmm. what ruth is going through but it's a great fucking movie it's so funny like very very dark dark comedy and Laura Dern is absolutely hilarious as, like, this total mess. She's so funny. Um, she, like, basically punches a kid in the face at one point. It's great. <gasps> okay, I gotta watch it now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Uh, okay, anyways, back to election. Um, Tom Parada, or sorry, 
Alexander Payne, who directed the movie, also directed a movie called Sideways, which I don't love, but it oh. was very popular. Is it the um, wine movie? Yeah, the yeah. wine movie. It was I've so never boring. seen it, but... Yeah. So boring. I mean, he has definitely, like, a style. Like, I feel like he's very good at creating characters that are kind of terrible, but sometimes you still kind of like them a little bit. Like, Laura Dern's character, she's terrible, but you sort of are rooting for her. You know, Tracy mm-hmm. Flick... She's kind of terrible, but you're kind of still rooting. You know, he does a good job of, like, towing that line of, like, creating these kind of despicable people that you still sort of love. He also um, created Despicable Me. <laughs> That's but, where I know uh, from. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Parada, the author of the book, also wrote the books The Leftovers, which became an HBO series. Hmm. And then he also wrote a book called mrs fletcher which was also an hbo like one-off series which i really liked and i think disappeared no it's uh katherine hahn plays the main character but it's about a woman who's uh like her husband leaves her and then she basically starts hooking up with this guy in her like adult education class who's like way younger than her and like she has We've a three there, point. We, it's like a it's like her sexual awakening as like this like suburban mom. It's 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 pretty fun. We love to see okay. it. <laughs> but uh anyways, let's talk more about the movie election. Um <gasps> Yay. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh the movie uh I guess should I do the synopsis before I go into more like little trivia things? What do you think? Yeah, I think synopsis first. Okay. Synopsize us. So uh, I found this synopsis online and I thought it did a really... Because there is a lot of side like story plot lines yeah. in, this, in this movie. And honestly, when I was rewatching it... I mean, I've seen this movie a lot. But I kind of forget how <coughs> Tracy Flick just kind of disappears for like a chunk of the movie. Like, uh, I mean, she's in a lot of the movie. But there's like this chunk that focuses more on Matthew Broderick's character. Um, but anyway, so Tracy Flick is running unopposed for this year's high school student election, but school civics teacher Jim McAllister, who is Matthew Broderick, has a different plan, uh, partly to establish a more democratic election and partly to satisfy some deep personal anger towards Tracy. Jim talks popular varsity football player Paul Metzler to run for president as well, and then chaos ensues. Obviously, there's tons of B-plots um, the reason that Jim McAllister is pissed at Tracy is because his best friend, who is also a teacher, had a relationship with Tracy. A sexual relationship. A sex- sexual rela- A very gross relationship with Tracy and got fired because of it. And, like, I think he kind of holds, like, that against Tracy. I mean, he for sure holds that against Tracy somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, that teacher is gross and disgusting for what he did. But did anyone else have, like, a double-take moment whenever he's, like, super nerdy in his, like, sweater vest and glasses, and then he's, like, playing music in a band with the glasses off, and I was like, that's a different person, right? <laughs> like, one of them was, like, about to turn 60, and the other one is like, I'm 32, and I'm here for some fun. <laughs> I, I wasn't into it. Just me? <laughs> I think it was right before, or maybe it was right after they said it. But yeah, okay, fine. I'll be left on the ledge. It's just an actor. Um, it's just a man. He's he's but a man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Tracy is like very hardcore about winning the election, and then also Paul Metzler, who's the popular high school football player. This is Chris Klein, by the way, and this is actually his debut performance. Um, he oh, had really? never been in a movie before. It shows. Uh, I'm just kidding. 
uh, he's so good. Like he's he so funny as this character. The perfect himbo. Yeah. Also, yeah. I'm just gonna say it. He's like the '90s Kit Connor. Like he looks just like Kit Connor and Heartstopper. It's the floppy <laughs> hair, the kind of like mm. like youthful face. It yeah, it's cute. Yeah, he's like so sweet too. Like he just is such a genuine little baby. Like <laughs> yeah, he's, he's um, a puppy. He's a yeah, little yeah. He is. He is. But uh, his kind of B plot is that his sister Tammy is a lesbian but she has not told anyone in her family that she's a lesbian and so paul does not know this but she's in love with a girl that they go to school with and the girl decides that she's not interested in like being like either she's denying i don't know if she ever was to begin with because like the way she retells it is like i never she's like she she got all weird and i was like she never returned your advances like mm, between the lines baby Yeah. yeah But she basically decides to get back at Tammy by dating Paul, and so mm-hmm. becomes like it, it, very sexually active with Paul. Um, and so then Tammy decides to retaliate by running in the election as well. So that's kind of like a little bit more of that B, those B plots. But um, some more fun little uh, tidbits about the movie. The movie was filmed in Omaha, which Alexander Payne is from Omaha, huh. um, and. I found is out the recently. Book set in Omaha? I don't know actually, hmm. um, but I found out recently that it was filmed at an actual high school, and my boss that I at work, it was her high school, <laughs> and uh, I guess like she was in like I think eighth grade or in grade school still when they were filming, but there was like a big like brouhaha because like the the town was like you're changing the school mascot and you're changing the the. Because they had put signage up for the movie, and people were confused and thought that they were changing the actual school stuff, but it was, like, for the movie. And I was like, that's pretty funny. (laughs) People are so stupid. Yeah, people are stupid. But, yeah, they they were getting mad. Um, But originally it was supposed to be in a different... It was the 90s. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be in a fancier (laughs) high school, but that high school was like, no, we don't like the script and we think it's inappropriate. So they they went with this other place. I think that's what the high school should look like. Like, I do too. I think if they look too fancy, it's not cutting edge. Yeah. It should be like a little, like a couple decades old by that point. It should be like, you know, not super clean, not super bright. Like, because the movie's just kind of a little sad and dull. Plus, it makes. Matthew Broderick's life a little bit more sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also I think like it makes me understand. Um, oh, Reese's character. I can't remember her first name now. Tracy. Uh, Tracy, because it it feels like she's working hard to get into college because she like needs scholarships and money. I think even at the end she mentions like all of them, all the people she goes to college with are just these rich kids that yeah, it's not a problem to them. And I was like, I I like that it adds a reason to the ambition as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She talks about wealth a couple times because she also hates Paul because he's wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yet so... she becomes a staffer for a fucking Republican, Republican. congressperson. Come on, Tracy. She's hoping that trickle down works. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Reaganomics. Uh, but yeah, so then <laughs> I thought this was funny. Um, apparently, President Barack Obama has said that this is his favorite political movie. Um, which I think oh. is pretty, uh, oh. <laughs> pretty funny. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I do. I'll, I like it. <laughs> I kind of like it, too. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it makes me feel very intelligent because this is probably my favorite political movie too. So I could basically be president is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see it. Reese Witherspoon also was very unhappy with uh, Alexander Payne's decision to do the freeze frames on her face. Uh, oh my God. That scene. <laughs> There's so and many I, though. It's so funny. I think it adds to it so much, but I'm sad that Reese didn't like it. So Well, was I, she I wish they would have told her. Like, I have a feeling they just did it in editing. They were like, all right, freeze frame. And she was like, seriously? Like, if yeah. she didn't know that it's kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the ending was actually reshot. So the in- the original ending matches the book better, which there's like a, a moment where Tracy kind of like meets up with Mr. McAllister and they kind of have like a, like, we're good vibe mm. going on. Cause Mr. McAllister's working at a car lot and she goes and visits him at the car lot and has him sign her yearbook. And so the original ending had that, but then they changed because of audience, like, feedback they changed it which i think the the actual ending is way funnier so i i'm happy they they went ahead and changed the ending but yeah i do wish they would have done something more with i was hoping at the end not to like jump at that part but um that because she was walking around and she's like no one could sign my yearbook and i really thought she was going to go over to like popular boy that lost the election to be like yeah can you sign my yearbook and she didn't that's the only Mm -hmm. thing i wanted to happen yeah, and I feel like Paul would have signed her yearbook. Yeah, I know 100%. he would. He's too sweet. He would have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's start breaking down the plot a little bit. So, I mean, let's do it. Let's the go, movie, girls. <laughs> the movie opens and Tracy is like preparing the, for the day at school, and she's there before like even the teachers are there, setting up a card table and filling a fishbowl full of individual sticks of juicy fruit gum, which is iconic. <laughs> It is, but also this is, like, bonkers behavior. This worries me. If I was a teacher, I'd be like, you can't be here right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, please, I need my space before the children show up. Please leave. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, But, yeah, so she's getting all of her signatures. Yeah, especially because her table's, like, tucked at the, like, the front of a corner, like, to a hallway. Yeah. But, like, so tightly that when you're walking down the hall, you can't see her table. So she just, like, sneak ups on you. <laughs> like, so I felt wild. like Matthew Broderick, when he walks by, kind of jumped a little. Like, he's like, oh, hi, Tracy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so she's setting up to get her signatures for the election, which she needs. Uh, and she's very over the top. Uh, she gives out her sticks of juicy fruit gum. There is a funny moment where a guy comes by and grabs, like, a handful, and she's like, one stick per person! <laughs> and he goes, she gets eat all- me! Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it pretty much immediately dives into the backstory with Tracy and this teacher uh, right off the bat, because you meet Matthew Broderick's character, and Tracy runs... Because she runs the names out to his car after he's leaving for work, which also annoying. Uh, and she's like, I need you yeah. to check these names right now. And so then he kind of goes into what happened with Tracy and his friend, who's a, uh, another teacher at the school. Well, and with that, I kind of want to talk about, too, like one of the big conceits of this film is that they're each narrating like their own part of the story. Mm-hmm. So it always like cuts to like their full perspective and i think that's one of the most fun things about this movie is that that's why like there's so many characters but they all get 
like complete focus in a moment to just like say exactly what they're thinking and how they feel about stuff it's very fun I mean, yeah. like, because even, I don't even think about Tammy that much when I think about this movie. Like, I'm like, oh, election, I think Tracy Flick, Matthew Broderick, like, and yeah. and M- Jim McAllister. And then it's like, Tammy's, uh, anytime she's narrating, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I love her. I think she's hilarious. Uh, but I forgot about her like... character, because I'd seen this movie before. I completely forgot about that character. Same. And when they cut to her, I was like why are we talking to this person? And I was like, oh yeah, because she's actually a big part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. But I think that's what's fun. Because we have, it's just those four characters that get to have like narration. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think, yeah, because the guy that's having the relationship with Tracy never does and the wives never do. Yeah, Matthew Broderick and the three people running for president. Yeah. It's fun. I think we it should have heard wild, the though. we should have heard the perspective oh, yeah. of the bee though the bumblebee. <laughs> oh my god! I also uh, would have liked <laughs> to hear the perspective of the kid who counts the ballots at the end of the movie, but we'll get to him later. <laughs> oh yeah, gold star uh, for him. Uh, yeah, Iconic, truly. Um, but yeah, one part that I think is funny is when Matthew Broderick's talking to his friend, and the friend is like, "I'm in love with Tracy. Like she's so amazing," Oof. and he's like, uh, "No, you're stupid. What are you doing?" And he's like, yeah. she is excited to read my novel. And he's like, but you haven't written your novel yet. And he's like, <laughs> I know, that's the point. She makes me want to write my novel. And it's just like that whole sequence. I'm like, this is so fucking cringe. And like, I just think this is such a like manic pixie dream girl moment where it's this guy mm. who's so boring and has no life. And is like, but this woman will change my whole life and make everything better. And I should say girl because she's a child. Yeah. Um, I do like that Tracy at the end, too, was like, he's the one who got emotional. Like, yeah. he ruined this relationship because he sucks. And I was like... <laughs> yeah. It's uh, but yeah, we do see that he writes her this fucking creeper, like, letter, like, booklet, almost. It's, like, it's, so uh, weird. It's real cringe. Um, and it's, like, your teacher, Dan, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> right. It literally is, like, it, it looks like a kindergartner made this. And I was like, yeah. don't don't like everything about this is so ick and so gross and when he takes her to his house and then he has baby stuff everywhere and i'm just like eh. like you have a child with your wife and you're bringing a fucking high school girl over to your house like mm-hmm. uh he's so terrible this movie makes me never want to think about people procreating ever again though yeah i already had issues with people <laughs> saying we're trying to make a baby and this movie <laughs> makes it a thousand times worse <laughs> Fill me up. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> so. Thing. Uh. I I did also think it's funny when at one point like the the guy that sucks. Well, they both suck, but uh, Matthew Broderick's character is talking to his friend, and his friend is like, "I don't need a lesson about ethics, ethics or something." And he go and Matthew Broderick's response is, "I'm not talking about ethics. I'm talking about morals." <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. he because earlier they were having a he was teaching a course about ethics and morals. Um, but yeah, so what what am I gonna do now? Yeah, have y'all ever been the student who answered too many questions, so then the teacher stopped calling on you? No, no, I don't think so. I had too you much were? anxiety. <laughs> I had too much anxiety that I was going to get it wrong, even if I knew like a hundred percent my head. I was like, I'm pretty sure two plus two equals four, but what if I'm actually wrong? And so I just wouldn't raise my hand. 
I would get so impatient. And so I would just answer questions because I wanted to keep the things moving along. I feel like, like I did that in college, maybe, because mm-hmm. I would be like, because let's be honest, some people, I just felt like some of our classes were like just crickets. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, I'm trying to move this shit along, y'all. <laughs> I would like to get out of here in a time. This was yeah. like, I'm a double major. I got to get to <laughs> to, <get> to my <laughs> other classes. Uh, I, I think that's what was weird, though. In high school, I was such an underachiever. But I wasn't stupid, so I did know the answers. I just never tried. Um, But yeah, I did definitely have teachers being like, someone else. And I was like, well, this feels great, actually. (laughs) Well, I I think, uh, I feel like I was very self-aware sometimes. And so I would think, like, how many things have I answered today? I'm going to stop. Like, I would do that to myself, I think. Especially in college, I think I started doing that more. I think I also did it for the mind game because whenever I didn't know the answer to a question, I knew I was never going to be randomly called on because mm-hmm. they were like, yeah. you've answered enough, friend. And I'd be like, yeah, That's not smart. me this time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyways, Tracy, we then go back to Tracy giving her names to Matthew Broderick's character. And she, at one point, she's like, aren't you supposed to keep them? And he's like, I don't care. And she's like, but you're supposed to keep them. And he's like, okay, whatever. And he fucking keeps them. <laughs> um, and there's By a lot of them, moments. You mean he, he just throws, throws them in, in his car. Yeah. 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 And then in a dumpster. Uh. Uh, but, yeah, and then, like, we go back. So I think from there... We follow Matthew Broderick home, and he talks about how his wife is his best friend, and he's like, we were closer than ever, and then proceeds to just, like, not talk to his wife, like, at dinner, and, like, she's like, how was your day? And he's like, it was fine. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean closer than ever? (laughs) He sucks Uh, so much. Yeah, he is very terrible. Um, But, yeah, so then... We also find out that they have been, the wife and Matthew Broderick's character have been hanging out a lot with Matthew Broderick's friend's wife, who kicked her husband out. For um, sleeping and, with a child. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, yeah, anyways, through the course of that, this is when Matthew Broderick kind of schemes up. Because he starts thinking about Tracy a lot. And it starts getting in his head. I mean, he's being gross. He is also so gross. weirdly, like, attracted to her, kind of. Um, and I think it's partially, like, supposed to be because he's thinking about the fact that his friend was with her. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Yeah. He's fucking fucked up. And he goes and watches, like, a weird, creepy, like, high school porn in his basement. And it's like... <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, he's so disinterested <laughs> drinking his Pepsi while he's sitting yeah. on the couch watching this bad porn he's watching it like it's daytime tv he's literally like there's nothing else on and i'm like my guy you put this on i i think the funniest part of this whole entire movie though it it is really gross but whenever um tracy flicks face goes over the wife's face and she's like fill me up like the way like the intensity in her voice fill me up mr mcallister yes please fill me up (laughs) the commitment to the bit hate it Oh, but she doesn't change her voice to try to be sexy, which I think is why it works, and yeah, it's actually it's, funny. Yeah, because that's funny. what that's like his vision of her. Yeah. I know Ugh. it's but. <laughs> but yeah, as he's watching said porn movie and drinking a Pepsi after Tracy has given this speech about how Coca Cola is the most popular soda, thank you, in the yeah. world, and 
that's why they keep they also spend the most money on advertising so that they stay number one. Um, that's when he realizes I'm going to fuck things up for Tracy and have Paul run for president. So <laughs> yep. then the next day at school, he calls Paul in and is like, "Hey, Paul!" <laughs> and we meet Paul for the first time, and we see that he <laughs> broke his leg on a ski trip or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, <It's> so wild. <laughs> And, uh, Aww. yeah, he's just a sad little guy, you know? He's just a sad guy that a broke sad his, sad little rich, like, straight he, boy. Yeah, he just wanted to play sports, and he yeah. can't know. And, uh, I do love Mr. McAllister explaining everything to him. He's, like, the apples and oranges speech. Oh, my um, God. And then What's your favorite the- fruit? Pears. Oh, no, I like apples. <laughs> and then when he goes home that same day, there's a fruit bowl, and he grabs the banana. He doesn't grab an apple or an orange. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, even know that. At the end of it, he goes, I also like bananas. <laughs> yeah, but like the whole like uh, the whole monologues about apples yeah. and oranges and then he doesn't pick either, which yeah. is funny. It is funny. Is um, it symbolism? I don't know. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he convinces Paul to run. And so I do love the music when Tracy sees that Paul is like set up a table and is getting signatures and has that shitty cardboard sign above him that's like Paul Metzler (laughs) for president. And there's just this intense fucking music that starts playing and Tracy just storms over there and is like, what you up to, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Or who put you up to this, Paul? That's what it is. (laughs) Um, Who told you to do this? Yeah, I know. She's like interrogating him and he's like, I hope you have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, after this, we do meet Tammy and uh, her love. What, what's her friend's name? I don't remember. It's I fine. Jessica. I don't know. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Oh, no. I I will say I think Tammy's my favorite character in the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, she's I love great. her. Yeah. She's just so intense. She gets the best ending, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's Lisa. So uh, Lisa Lisa and Tammy are, like, have this kind of montage of, like, basically Tammy falling in love with Lisa. Yeah. Um, And at the end of it, Lisa (laughs) has decided that she's not interested in hanging out with Tammy anymore and doesn't want to be her girlfriend. Uh, And this crushes Tammy. Um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the brother though would be like it's so weird that lisa stopped talking to tammy and then she's like i want to date you uh and now well, yeah, we just like have sex in the hot tub <laughs> so. no well my favorite thing is that man it was so crazy one day lisa asked me for a ride home and then she came in and gave me a blowjob <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, uh, uh but yeah he, he then he says at one point uh every day after school we go over to lisa's house to fuck and have a hot tub <laughs> have a hot That's tub. right. When he said that, I was like, "Did he say hot dog?" Because who says no. "have a hot tub"? I'm like, he does. Apparently, <laughs> Paul Metz Metzer. Yeah. So, anyways, Lisa does help Paul with his campaign because she is uh, PR minded, according to Paul. Um, but yeah, they start dating, and then Tammy has decided to then also run, and Tammy spices things up a little bit because tammy's only a sophomore she's really not supposed to be running according to tracy i love her fucking election speech though is like iconic yeah yeah it, it's a good it one was great i would and, vote for her and then she I proceeds 
You did vote for her. Yeah. Uh, well, basically through the course of this, there's a moment where Tracy is at school alone, and there are election posters everywhere. And Tracy is trying to hang up one of her posters and then accidentally kind of rips it. And then she just proceeds to just rip the shit out of, like, all of her poster. Mm-hmm. And then she starts ripping everybody's posters down. And then she puts them all in a trash bag. And <laughs> the scene of her, like, driving away, it's so fucking fake looking. Like, her driving is like, Okay, <laughs> this is, like, the point where I was watching this today. Isaiah came home in this scene. And he was like, is she shoving a body into her trunk? And I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, it does look like that. It's in a it garbage does. bag. But no. I mean, it's the most scandalous thing Tracy Flick's ever done. So yeah, I was like, to her, uh, it might as well be a body. What about sleeping with the fucking principal or not well, the principal, the teacher? Yeah. I think Honestly, that takes no. the cake. I think to oh. her that's less scandalous than this because that wouldn't have caused her to lose the election. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it didn't. <laughs> if people had known about it. But yeah, so then Tracy rips these up and. <laughs> It's, like, obviously people are upset because their posters have been ripped down. And Tracy is able to blame it on Tammy Metzler. And uh, they get Tammy in trouble. Because she, like, plants some of the pieces of the ripped up posters in Tammy's backpack, right? Yes. Or, wait, did Tammy find them? This is the part where I got No, Tammy's out by the power plant and sees sees tracy dumping them and then you think that she's gonna rat out tracy but instead she because she wants to get expelled so she can go to the all-girls school because she's a lesbian it's all part of her plan and she is honestly the smartest and best person in this whole movie yeah they're like we'll send you to this all-girls school and she's like and she starts smiling (laughs) (laughs) i love it for her i'm so happy for you i know uh I did want to give a quick shout out to Paul's election speech where he's just like, hi, I'm Paul Metzler and I'm running for president and I don't know what to say. So I'm going to talk really fast and, and that's it. And then like, yeah, nobody he's just like reading off of a thing. <laughs> it's great. Last year I sent the touchdown that won the game. And so, you know, I am a good team player because I was able to do this to do it. And I won't let you down like I did back then. Thank you. Uh, I love it. Yeah, during the course of this, Matthew Broderick's character is also kind of developing a infatuation with his uh, friend's ex-wife, who has been going through a lot, and he convinces her to go to a motel room with him. Um, well, at first, they're coming... Okay, two points right here. The attention to detail in this movie is great, because they go to the mall, and he later says to his wife, we went to Westroads, which is the good mall in Omaha, not to be confused with Crossroads Mall, which is the mm. bad, sad mall that is dead. It's like one of those <laughs> liminal spaces that you see on TikTok. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's scary. Um, but then, <laughs> oh uh, on the way back from the mall, he sees the motel, and he just randomly turns to her and goes, so should I get us a room? And she's I like, know. It's so what the fuck? She's like, what are you talking about? And you think like the, like it's going to blow up there, but obviously it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's out of nowhere. Like it wasn't a joke. Yeah. yeah they're not flirting the really before. One. He's like should we looking get a at room? her. Yeah. He's like looking at her boobs and stop being a creeper. And then he just asks her this out of the blue. Yeah, she's weird. like, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so well, I don't think he meant it to be funny. Um, but yeah, I do like how he's like, 
getting ready for their night together in the motel at one point when she is convinced to go meet him at a motel. And he's like, okay, there's a pop quiz. And he gives the students a pop quiz and then goes to the motel. First of all, the scene of him, like, fucking, like, crouched <laughs> crouched in the tub washing his junk. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my good old horse bath. Well, he yeah. goes, oh, he does a lot in this one period. So yes. he runs out, he drives to the Walgreens, gets flowers and chocolates and champagne, drives to the motel, puts the champagne on ice, cleans his junk. Uh, sets out the flowers and the chocolates, then drives all the way back to the school and is in time for the bell to ring, which is crazy to me. Yeah. He's efficient. Um, he is so. efficient. <laughs> uh, so then we proceed to go back to the motel. Or no, he goes back to pick her up from her house. And she does not mm-hmm. answer her door. And so then he goes around the door, and this is the infamous bee sting moment. So there's a bee in the backyard at one point. He's trying to find her, and he gets stung in the eye by the bee. And then he goes, finally gives up and goes back to the motel by himself and then calls her and is like, you're not here. And then basically she has gone over to his wife's house and is like, hey, this is happening, and I feel terrible, and this is a mistake. And so then he finally gets home to his house and like there's just a crying baby and these two women like staring at him like fuck you. Yeah. I also love that he doesn't try to say anything. He just goes, Okay. And walks yeah. out the room. <laughs> like he's like, I done fucked up. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we mentioned like he actually does sleep with the the friend's wife like that morning, which is and she's like, yes. Oh, let's meet at the motel, which is why that yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, good for her for like coming to her senses, but like this is like the most intense day for her because that was so quick. I know. Yeah. It's yep. a turnaround. Like, yeah. Also, the fact that the wife immediately forgives her. That's Sus. A... I mean, you know what? <laughs> Believe women. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you got me there. <laughs> also, it's just like, damn, I don't know if I could do that immediately. Uh... <laughs> well, they don't show them like hugging, but like, I guess she's just telling her. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. my mind, they fell in love. Oh, Because she always wanted both... a baby. Okay, and now okay, she has one. okay. This infant's name is Daryl. Who is naming a baby Daryl <laughs> in the 90s? Like, that's I like a name that you would name someone that. in the 60s. I heard it and I, I was like, Daryl? I can't imagine being like, it's time for Daryl's feeding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine... I can't imagine, like, someone who would have been younger than us being named Daryl. I don't think anyone's talking about their baby being like, it's time <laughs> Like, breastfeeding. I know, but they don't say it like, it's time for his feeding. <laughs> it's time for Daryl's sacrifice. Oh, my gosh. Daryl just shit his diaper. <laughs> That's his feeding. Oh, Uh-oh. God. Um... But yeah, so then we <laughs> we go back to the school after Matthew Broderick's had a terrible, terrible time. He's got this swollen-ass eye. <laughs> and it's, like, red. It looks like it's covered in blood and for one it's moment. So I was like, what bad. happened? <laughs> it's so Blah. bad. And everyone at school's like, what happened to your eye, Mr. McAllister? <laughs> it's a pretty good prosthetic, actually, overall. Yeah, it honestly does look yeah. really legit. Um, but this is the day of the election, and so... Things are intense. We, we're voting. Um, I do love seeing Tracy go in and uh, put her, her ballot in the box. <laughs> yeah, for her photo op. <laughs> but then oh also when Paul is like, 
I just couldn't bring myself to... It felt wrong to vote for myself, so I voted for Tracy. Like, are <laughs> you know. serious? I know. Such a sweet boy. And he could have... He, he, he could have tied won. it. Yeah, or well, he, he would have tied. tied. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because that would have been one less vote for him and one more for... Her. Wait, no, one, one less, one vote, less for vote for her. One less vote for her and one So he would have won. Him. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. Anyways. That's probably why they showed it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely point. why they I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think um, about it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like he lost himself the election is kind of the funny thing. Uh, I do want to say, I want to point out a filmmaking thing in this. Because right before the night, the night before the election, they do like a quick uh, narration from each of the three like candidates. And they're in their bedrooms. And they do this like, they built these bedrooms that are like super tall. Uh-huh. And so they, like, uh, do this basically, like, pan up almost. It's, like, they just, like, go up and the room just keeps getting taller and taller and taller. And Tracy's praying to God. And then Paul's praying to God. And then Tammy's, like, hi, God. I don't really believe in you. But I guess since I'm going to Catholic school, Next I should school. start talking. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and it's pretty great. Uh also, I just want to point out for the listeners at home that the only other time I've seen this movie was with Liz, and she 100% talked about that moment after we watched the movie. I mean, yeah, it's because it's great. It's a cool moment. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, wow, it's so tall. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, it's the, so tall. Oh, wow, it's so tall. I also do like that Tammy says, and I hope Paul wins the election because I don't want that country. <laughs> Classic. Tammy's uh, the best. Yeah, Tammy's she so is. great. Uh, but yeah, so then we, the day of the election, they're voting. Um, there's a couple of kids that are in charge of counting the ballots with Mr. McAllister. And they take their job very seriously. Also, what happens to that girl who's helping them carry the box? She should have been part of that. Yeah, she should have. Women can't vote. I meant to say (laughs) count and they said vote. (laughs) I don't know which one is worse. Um, you heard Uh-oh. it here, folks. <laughs> Casey's taking away more of women's rights. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, this is what the Republicans want. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, they're voting. They're counting the votes. And the original kid counts the votes, and he says that he knows that Tracy wins. And Mr. McAllister is being so fucking mean to this kid. And he's like, well, just tell me who won. And he's like, Tracy wins by one vote. And so then Mr. McAllister does this count, and it is correct. Tracy does win by one vote. But then he pulls two of Tracy's votes out, crumples them up, and throws them away. So that then Paul has won. So he has rigged the election for Paul to win. And they make this poor kid, they like gaslight this poor kid into thinking he's wrong. Because they take it to the principal, the principal counts, he's like, well, Mr. McAllister was right. And I'm like, oh my god, it sucks. And then the kid's like, you're missing two votes, because there's 801 votes, yeah. and 803 students uh, voted. And Mr. McAllister goes, oh yeah, a couple of them just pocketed their ballots. Kids do it all the time. It's Liar. Like, ah. Liar. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they announced that Paul has won the presidency. Paul is very excited. Tracy is devastated. Uh, I mean, that's maybe an understatement. But then, yes, we do go yeah. home. We meet them. We see the mom again. And she, that's when we get the mom critiquing Tracy about what she could have done to maybe win the election. Yeah, awful. Um, but yeah, then 
through the process, <laughs> we end up back in the principal's office because the two votes have been found. And I Bye. do love... Who found them, Liz? Who I know. Found them? I do love that it brings it all back around, full circle. We didn't talk about this at the beginning, mm. but Mr. McAllister is emptying, at the very beginning of the movie, Mr. McAllister is emptying the faculty lounge fridge and he throws a box of Chinese food on the ground and it splatters everywhere and the janitor watches him do it and the janitor is pissed. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why did you miss the trash can? And guess who found the two votes that were Tracy Flick votes? The janitor. And he is so fucking happy that he gets to say, fuck you, Mr. McAllister. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, so they do tell Paul that he did not win the election and that Tracy did win the election. Mr. McAllister proceeds to get fired. Uh, And then the rest of the movie is just kind of a montage of like, where are they now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. McAllister has left because it became like this huge story and it even became like a nationwide story because he kind of talks about how it's just this weird story that you talk about at work with your coworkers about how you know, like, funny, this weird story is in Omaha about this teacher who, you know, ruined this girl's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has moved to New York and is working at a museum. I feel like it's unfair that he has, like, a nice woman. Yeah. <laughs> he I'm gets like, off too easily. Yeah. It's like, he should be more unhappy, but whatever. Yeah. I feel like he's... I don't know. I took it as, like, he's gonna be because, like, the new woman kind of looked like his wife. And so I was like, um, I think he's just going to start the cycle of him just like, he hates his life because he hates his life. It's not because there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, but then we do see Tammy at the Catholic school and she has met a new woman. <laughs> a yeah. new girl. <laughs> uh, like Jessica or something like that. And they're like smoking in the bathroom and yeah, like hanging out. Smoking Good weed in the bathroom. Yeah, uh, they're cool as shit. Yeah, they are cool as shit. <laughs> Uh, and so she's happy, and then Paul has a cultural appropriating party at the end of the summer, uh, and but it's having a good time. Um, it's the nineties. I was about to say also, the 90s. his girlfriend breaks up with him and starts dating a different football player, which is yes, funny. Yes, um, and but Paul's happy. He's going to Georgia or whatever the fuck school. He no, to he's go going to. to uh, University of Nebraska. He's going to be a Husker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is Um, 40 minutes away, but it's great. Yeah, so he's happy. And then we see Tracy in college, and she is not very happy because she realizes that people in college still want to party and be silly, and she just wants to be super serious all the time. Um, But then we do also see that Mr. McAllister runs into Tracy one last time in D.C., where Tracy is, yes, Working for a Republican senator, and that's a real bummer. Um, and then he throws his Pepsi at the limo. Yeah, he well, throws his Pepsi, specifically a Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. This is also why I think he's just going to end up being unhappy again, because the start of it is like, I saw Tracy, and I realized like I'd let everything go. My life is so yeah. much better. I have no problems. And then it ends up with him still throwing his drink at her because he hasn't let anything go. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. He's still Thank full you. Of rage. Way to make your case, <clears throat> Casey. E. Oh, okay. You said it. Oh, I did want to point out one other thing, which is that it, uh, right after all this shit happens and Mr. McAllister's fired and like is disgraced in the town, 
he pulls up at a stoplight and the kid that counted the ballots is at <laughs> yeah. the same spot stoplight as him and the kid just rolls down his windows and spits on <laughs> Mr. McAllister's <Clark>. car. <laughs> I thought he was going to um, apologize to Mr. McAllister for a second and then he's like no. yeah because well, he has like say something a sad face as he rolls it down and yeah. then he gets like this really pissed off look and then just spits. Ugh. He's so disappointed in him. He's just sad. No. He's despicable. Yeah. Despicable me. me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's election. Uh, it's a fucking great movie. I love this movie. I I didn't ask you before because this isn't like a childhood movie, but you have both seen this before we watched it for the podcast. Yeah. With you, Liz. Yes. I oddly enough, I think I watched it on a whim like three years ago. I okay. actually don't mm-hmm. think I ever heard you talk about this movie before. Uh, and I was just like, I'll watch it. And I was like, it was good. I had a fun time. I also, I also because I mentioned Isaiah came home during this movie, um, he'd never seen the whole thing. And he watches like really, really uh, nihilistic like horror movies that really bum me out sometimes. And he was mm-hmm. like watching half of this movie and was like, this movie's so sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the movie that you are depressed by? Like, we have a very different taste in, in movies. It's, I, it doesn't depress me. I don't know. I, I, it, I get, I get I mean, I do means. get it. I yeah. do get it. It's, it is like a bummer because really, I mean, the only people that come out of this happy are Paul and Tammy. Um, yeah. But, because Tracy, I mean, she's, I guess, in theory successful that's what they show her at the end but i don't know i mean i think also he came into it where it's basically just matthew broderick spiraling for the last like 45 minutes and (laughs) that is like a lot of him just circling the drain um i have one question though if you are done talking about election please finish it okay uh what do we think reese greasy reese's best role is of the movies we've talked about Ooh. Oh. Well, I will say that this movie, she was nominated as, like, one of the most, like, iconic performances for, like, a something. Like, it was, like, a list of top 50 most iconic performances or something like that. A it was on one of the trivia things. Choice. No, it was not Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think Legally Blonde, to me, is probably, like, the answer. It's, like, her most iconic. Yes. Yeah. But also, like, I think it's the most iconic, too, because she kills it like yeah that could be easily be a character that become like annoying or like a little too shallow or just be confusing by everything she did it could be but she makes it like very charismatic um and very smart and everything too it's it's nice the thing is is that with legally blonde Elle woods is likable yeah she's doing something that's like you're rooting for her the whole time yeah you're rooting for her (laughs) and reese is great at the role I now, do I think she's also really good as Tracy Flick, though? And it's a very transformative thing for me. It's a, yes. yeah. yeah. But she's, the thing is, like, she's good at playing this character, but because she's yeah. good at it, you kind of hate the character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess the thing for me why I would still stand by Legally Blonde is because I think before Legally Blonde, she hadn't played a character like that before. Everyone was kind of like this serious kind of girl or like a child like mm. character. Whereas I think Al Woods was just just so different than her other roles. Mm-hmm. I I really do think we're overlooking her fantastic Oscar-worthy performance in Just Like Heaven, though, where she <laughs> doesn't emote whatever, whatsoever hey, for 90 minutes. I will say, she was supposed to be dead 
She did it. She's in a coma. <laughs> so believable. Yeah. They're like, so you seem believable. like you're in a coma right now. She's like, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, her worst role had to obviously be from my choice. I don't think there's any other way this could have happened. Right? <laughs> it was it was, it was, was uh, destined to be so. Exactly. It's just logical. You know, and before we wrap up the podcast, I'd like to let you know that you can find us on Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast or Facebook on our generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you would like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is whyamlikethis at gmail.com. Wow, so fast. Uh, and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Um tell us what uh u.s congressperson you would work for as a staffer if you were an overachiever in high school and were depressed in college and then worked in dc because i want to know and i will judge you based off of your answer yeah i'd also like to know why do you think reesey is so greasy let us know <laughs> literal crickets in the background <laughs> um uh yeah many good things many good things many good things many many good things amazing i can go first i actually have some cool isn't that wild go for it um so i have some some shows i watched so (laughs) three of them are shows i think i've talked about already on the podcast but i just want to say season twos of shows came out which i really love there's Bofuri, which an anime I talked about last year. It's called Bofuri. Um, it was like, I'm scared, so I maxed out my defense or something like that. I don't know. Season two came out. It's just as cute as season one and also full of action. And if you're just looking for like a cute, cozy anime, but kind of want like a little adventure aspect to it, go watch it. Bofuri. Um, Witch for Mercury season two, the Gundam show I was watching came to an end it was very cute and amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, it was about essentially two ladies um, in love is what I'm going to say because I'm gay and that was my focal point. But in the end, <laughs> they each had like wedding rings on and um, one of the characters' sisters called the other one like her sister-in-law essentially. So they like heavily alluded over gay. They gay. Yeah, that they got married in the end, which is uh-huh. great. Um, even though at the end of the day, the studio that made the anime was like, no, they're, they're not married. That's not what happened. And we were like, no, it's what happened. You can't go back on this. Um, (laughs) the third one is still going on right now. And I'm shocked to say that I'm actually liking it and not like enjoying it because it's so bad. Fuck, I know what this is going to be. Yeah. And just like that season two, I really like it. And I'm mad. Isaiah, that I really Isaiah like has it. gone full circle because when you were here visiting, Isaiah was mm-hmm. like, "I think I liked the second season," and now he's back to hating it. So, oh, really? Great. Yeah, yeah you should talk um, about it. I haven't watched the last couple episodes, so I need to catch up. But I, I, I will say it's wild because all of last season was just like a train wreck, horrible, horrible, horrible show, and this one kind of feels like the original series. So, like, whatever they decided to do this season keep it up because i don't think this show is going anywhere it's a fan favorite um and finally i don't think i talked about this either um i watched a show on netflix did i watch talk about survival of the thickest last time um no i think i've just heard you talk about it personally okay i couldn't remember um i have to look up people on it but survival of the thickest is (laughs) a one season they call it a drama. It's a comedy on Netflix um, starring Michelle Buteau. Is that how you say her last name? Um, Tasha Smith, Antone Bell, 
Um, it is wild, but <laughs> so Michelle's character is called Mavis, which I think is the funniest part of the show, honestly, is that this really <laughs> hip, cool girl's name is Mavis. <laughs> but she's like um, a stylist for photo shoots, um, and her boyfriend at the beginning of the show is a photographer. And in the first scene, like, she stumbles upon him cheating on her, so she, like, kind of has to restart her life a little bit, leaves him behind, and then becomes a personal stylist for um, this huge, like, uh, model from the 90s. And then it's just kind of her, like, getting her life together and figuring things out. Um, It's a show that also starts off pretty, like... I don't know, not queer, and then gets extremely queer the longer it goes on, which I really love. Like, one of her best friends is a bisexual man who's in a relationship with a woman. Another one um, is his friend who's figuring out that she's bisexual halfway through. Um, uh, Mavis becomes a stylist for a whole bunch of drag queens at a certain point, and then, like, not to spoil it, but the end of this series is she decides to become, like, throw a um, queer prom for all, like, the queer community so they can have a prom um and like helps them get dresses and stuff and styles it and so it's is, like is this it's, just glamorous with michelle buteau it it was it kind of felt like it where i was like <laughs> i didn't think this was going to be like a super queer show and then by the end of it i was like that's all this was this was just being like queer people are pretty cool right and i'm like they are i love it that's like the um, pl- same plot as glamorous from what you described yeah <laughs> but it's it's a fun time. Um, I won't say it's like changing TV or anything wild, but if you want to watch a fun little show, I definitely watch Survival of the Thickest and do it. Cause just like Glamorous, I want a season two. So please watch it so I can get a season two. That's valid. <laughs> and that's me. Cool. Liz? Uh, well, I have two things. I'm going to first shout out The Righteous Gemstones, which Blair and I have been working our way through an hbo show uh it is about a family who owns like a mega church and they're basically all fucking terrible human beings and that's why it's very funny um (laughs) and uh it's just absolutely like they just do the craziest shit and it's just like why is this happening but uh, i i feel like there's a possibility that you've talked about one of you have talked about this as uh on the podcast but i just read the house in the cerulean sea and I had never read that book. And I just really loved it. It was so good. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about that or if we talked about un- Under the Whispering Door. You should read gotcha. that next, though. I am halfway through that one. <laughs> uh, nice. Which one is the one with all the kids in it? That's Cerulean Sea. It's House in the Cerulean Sea. I think we might have, but honestly, talk about it more. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. I think uh, I like so, that one the best of the ones he's put I think out. I'm I, I'm halfway, a little over halfway through Under the Whispering Door, and I like it, but I don't love the characters as much as I love them in House in the Cerulean Sea. So, but um, I just think TJ Klune's writing is amazing, so uh, I will read anything they write. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he just put out a new book uh, like a month or two ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the puppets one. Yeah, in the yeah. life of puppets. Yeah, that's on my list. Uh, cool. Good things. Many, many good things. Um, my many good things are uh, a show I actually saw last month that I haven't mentioned yet. Um, I saw the Broadway musical Here Lies Love. Uh, it's really fucking cool. It they've completely like redone an entire 
Broadway theater, which is ironically called the Broadway theater. Um, and they've made it into like a dance club, which is cool. Um, there was some drama about them hiring um, musicians from the musicians union, uh, but they got, they negotiated and they got that um, resolved, which is good. Um, and the musical's weird because it's like about Imelda Marcos, who is a wife of a dictator who was in charge of the Philippines for a hot minute in like the 70s and 80s um but it does not try to make her out to be a good person which is good it really is like oh yeah she was an awful person um so it's a really interesting story and it still somehow feels relevant um so i recommend it if you are in new york city it's a fun time um and then also last week i saw a performance here in town by juno birch which was really cool mm, so fun. um i have followed juno birch on youtube for a few years now and i really like her vibe uh she's a trans drag artist um and she her shtick is that like she's an alien she always paints herself she used to change up the colors but now it's always um blue like blue yeah. She used to do like some purpley lavender mm-hmm. stuff, but um, now it's always blue. Um, but she's really talented. Like she did lip syncs, but she like sang some songs like you know with her own voice, which was cool. She had some comedy and bits and stuff she did. Uh, it was a really fun show. I was I was really happy. And she's currently on a international tour. I think she did some UK dates, and now she's doing you know, kind of bigger cities across the U.S. And I think she's doing some dates in Australia um, after that. So I'm really happy for her. And I hope that it goes really well because I want her to find success. She's really cool. Um, Yeah. And those are my many good things. Amazing. Well, that's our episode. Yay. That's it. That's Greasy Reezy-a-thon. We'll never talk about Reese Witherspoon ever again. Never. We did it. Never. That's actually why we did this. So we could be like, get her out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, but tune in next time when Alec is going to be talking about something that's not Reese related. Uh, absolutely not. It's going to be a hard shift. Um, we're going to be talking about the American animated movie classic, an American tale, colon, Five Goes West. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because your boy's never seen the original one. <laughs> we'll talk about that more next time. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.